Ah, hey, Islanders, you're listening to Breakfast on the Bridge, the featured morning show of KMIH 88.9 The Bridge, bringing you a smoldering serving of local sports, news, and talk on the island. Grab a plate, grab your cutlery, and enjoy the show. Happy November 1st, everybody. I'm Annabelle. And I'm Theodore. And we are hosting Breakfast on the Bridge today. November, November, excuse me, brings lots of in- exciting things. I know some college application deadlines are coming up. Yeah, some of them are today, actually. Yes. But thankfully, I don't have any that are today. Luckily, Unlike I'm so- a junior, so <laughs> yeah. I don't have any. Yeah y'all, yeah, y'all juniors are super lucky with your college application deadlines. And, and, and the fact that you have to, they're due next year. Yes. I have some time left before that. Theo, where are you applying? Um... Off the top of my head, I'm applying to UW, Syracuse, uh, UPS, uh, Puget Sound, um, Sir- uh, Hussein University, a radio college up in Maine, and uh, Columbia College Chicago. And do you think you want to go into radio? Probably, yeah. So something else that I was wondering, I'm seeing, you know, with Halloween over, Christmas starting to pop up. When do you think is an acceptable time to start celebrating Christmas. Uh, basically, my family has this extremely strict rule in which uh, if you play any Christmas music before the point you finish, uh, before the point you finish your Thanksgiving dessert, you get crucified. Absolutely no exceptions. Crucified. <laughs> wow. Personally, I love Christmas, but I agree. If you start before Thanksgiving. You're gonna get sick. Of, there's so there's only so many Christmas songs. Like even if people yeah. make different versions of it, it's still the same song. Exactly, uh, which is why which is why you sh- you should start late for uh, for Christmas because you're gonna get really burnt out by then. Plus, some people like myself are gonna are gonna try and attempt to avoid one certain song, "Last Christmas" by Wham. Why? Uh, because it's a fun challenge to go out to public places and actively avoid one song, and... Last Christmas, I can't... <laughs> the challenge hasn't started yet, heck you. Anyway. <laughs> Plays it on the next Bob, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Anyway, uh, as I was saying, it's a great, it's a fun challenge to avoid the song while in public, and, uh, it's one, and it's a pretty good song, but... I feel uh, like it's a popular one to yeah, avoid. Yeah, and it's and it's popular, but uh, again, avoiding it, avoiding it can be a pretty good challenge. And you could say, "Hey, I lasted like five days in Whamageddon," or "Hey, I." Especially because you work at QFC, <laughs> that's gonna be impossible to see. Everybody, go to QFC and start playing um, "Last Christmas" by Wham on your phone, and go find Theo and make him lose his challenge. No, don't. By the way, I'm not starting it till Thanksgiving, so. Okay, okay. So something else we were talking about this morning was British people. <laughs> uh, yes, apparently, because uh, unfortunately for me, I'm half British. <laughs> no, I lived in London when I was two, so I don't remember any of it, but I have all these stories that I've heard about it. But something that Theo was t- telling me about last week was how your aunt makes tea. Uh, yeah, so I was, so I was recording for another show that Annabelle and I are on, uh, along with, uh, Grace, 
uh, Go, uh, one of the people from Rice and Shine, and Nicole Lawler, uh, someone from North Dakota, yes. uh, fr- from their high school, KLPS, I think. Their high school of oh, LHS, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, high school of like seven. Yeah, and um, I was, and we were talking about how we make tea, and I decided to bring up the fact that uh, uh. Uh, my one of my aunts. I am not naming names, but, uh, but yeah, one of my aunts. Uh, makes tea by step one. Uh, step one, get cold water. Step two, pour it in. Step three, add tea bag. Step four, put it in the microwave. No, I. First of all, there's so many things wrong with that. <laughs> like starting off with the microwave, it's not gonna get hot enough. I don't think. I mean, unless you put it in there, I don't know how, she, how long she does it for him. When, like, I don't know. There's so many things wrong with that. I can't even fathom <laughs> drinking that. You have to have boiling water, and you have to put it in a teapot or a tea a cup kettle or anything like besides a Be- microwave. Besides a microwave. No, like this is not cold brew. This is tea. That's not acceptable. And I. Love tea. I always, or I don't always, I don't know. I have tea usually when I get home from school. My favorite is Irish breakfast tea. What about you? Um, I like, uh, I like uh, Earl Grey tea. Yeah. Uh, with milk. Yeah, I like Irish breakfast tea with a little bit of milk and a little bit of brown sugar because when I was in Ireland, they had brown sugar instead of regular sugar, mm. and now I use brown <laughs> sugar. I don't know. There's no rhyme or reason to it. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, a lot, uh, when I talk, when I talk about it to my British friends, they say, please disown her. I'm like, no, she's too precious. Yeah, no. Whenever, sometimes I'll bring- I can reform her. No. Don't worry. Reform. Reform the church. <laughs> no. Um, sometimes I'll bring tea in a thermos to school and a lot of people know that I lived in London and so whenever I do it, they're always like- you're such a chav, Annabelle, and I'm like, I am not British. Like, <laughs> no, I personally do not associate with that. Um, no offense to your the non taken British side, but no. none taken. No, and like, yeah, I've also actually never heard someone use the term chap derogatorily. Chav, <laughs> I that's how I always hear it now. Like. <laughs> I feel like people think of it as a bad thing because of all those, you know, that like on TikTok a year ago, maybe there was like that whole trend where people would do chav makeup, which is just basically like a lot of foundation and like really dark eyebrows. And people would always make fun of um, British like girls for doing stuff like that. And so I feel like then it was kind of used as like, <laughs> you're such a chav, like in a bad way. Instead of Thankfully, like... <laughs> thankfully, I don't go on TikTok at all. Really? But pip pip cheerio to the old to, to, to the old Sabbath dinner. <laughs> anyway. Oh my gosh, that was a terrible accent. No offense. None, absolutely none taken. Everybody says that when I when I break out that accent. All right, pip pip cheerio. <laughs> no, I had a British accent because I guess I kind of learned to talk um, in England, but when. We came back to the States, my brother and I, they made us go into speech therapy <laughs> oh. because most of our accents had gone away, except we just didn't say our R's. 
And so we went with my grandma for some reason, and she was, like, helping us out. I don't know how she got that job, but I remember we had this game where we would get, like, M&Ms, and every time we said our R's correctly, we would get M&Ms, and that was really exciting for, you know, four-year-old me. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Great comments. Great comments. Yes, very, yes, very great comments from someone who woke up at 5.30 in the morning and has had absolutely zero caffeine. See, I had some coffee, but um, sorry, I keep looking at our sports <laughs> <laughs> update person, Sophia. She keeps looking at us. And <laughs> anyways, I think it's time to hear everything from the world of sports, whether it be Mercer Island or the rest of the world. So, Sophia. Yeah, thank you all, you good chops, for that quick little (laughs) intro. Uh, Anyway, let's get ready for some sports. So, how about them Seahawks? The Seahawks have kept a positive record this season and are on a three-game winning streak. They are 5-3 and and at the top of the NFC West after this past weekend's win over the New York Giants. They'll face the Cardinals, who are on the bottom of their conference this Sunday in Arizona. And now we're going to move on to the Kraken. So, the Kraken have had a pretty even start to the season. They're going 4-4-2, and and they have found a spot in fifth place in the Pacific Division. They'll be hoping to make a five wins on the season after their trip to Calgary tonight at six. Also, another thing happening tonight, game three of the World Series, the Houston Astros at the Philadelphia Phillies. They have made their series even with a 1-1 series draw, but it will sway one way or the other after battling it out in Philly tonight. Also moving to your Mercer Island High School sports, the fall regular season will wrap up this Friday with Mercer Island football versus Lakeside. So if you can't make it in person that game, Support your Islanders by tuning in here to 88.9 The Bridge for the live broadcast. That's all. I'll be passing it off to Jenna Martin with our weekly captain's interview featuring Mercer Island girls soccer captain Mia Shanifo. All you, Jenna. What's up, 88.9 The Bridge? This is Jenna Martin with week seven of the captain interviews. Today I'm joined by another one of the varsity girls soccer captains, Mia Shanifelt. How are you today, Mia? Hi, I'm good. How are you, Jenna? Good. Thank you so much for joining me. So to start things off, how long have you been playing soccer? I've been playing since I was about four, um, only really seriously in my high school years, like ninth grade and middle school. I love that. Have you had a favorite team you've been on? I think my favorite team is probably the high school team. Just knowing everyone and being friends in school really makes the team chemistry a lot better than any other team that I've been on. Yeah, like how you get to see everyone every day and like talk in school. Since you've been playing song, has that had any motivation on you wanting to be captain or is this like a new wish you've had? It was kind of a new wish. I guess when I joined the high school program, I didn't really see myself playing soccer as like as seriously as I do now when I was younger. But when I first started the program, it was it was kind of life changing. So were you excited when you became captain? Oh, I was ecstatic. I think I cried when I first when I was first told. That's definitely so much passion. What motivates you to be a great leader on and off the field? I think because it's a team sport, I find a lot of motivation in knowing that it's not just about me and like I have to be a leader for my team and there are other people relying on me and I think that really pushes me to be a good person and be a good leader and make people feel supported as much as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. Do your coaches motivate you or do your teammates motivate you more like is a combination of both I would say it's a combination of both a lot of my motivation comes from not wanting to disappoint my teammates really so that comes from teammates and then my coaches are also I mean you know Aaron (laughs) she motivates us a lot she does do you guys have a pregame ritual that you guys do or music you listen to? Yeah, we have a couple songs that we listen to every game, every, before every game. And just like hanging out in the locker room, listening to music, kind of enjoying each other's presence is really good for us. 
Would you say that more of your motivation comes from the locker room or stuff that happens on the field before the game? I would say probably the locker room because it's really when I realize or it's like when my brain turns on to game mode because that's just kind of what we do before every game. Um, and then I'm able to like focus during warm-ups and like have a good warm-up so we can play well. Love that. Do you have a favorite song that you listen to on your way to the game? I listen to a specific playlist, but I probably my favorite songs are ones that I can sing to. Probably either Rent or Mamma Mia songs. <laughs> I love that. I'll have to start listening to some of those before the game. You should. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Mia. Yeah, thank you for having me. Of course. Great. Thank you so much, Jenna and Mia. I'll be passing it back to our good old chaps, Annabelle and Theo, here on our Bob, we like to call that host. So that's all for sports here on 88.9 The Bridge, Bob's Morning Show. Back to you, Annabelle and Theo. Thank you, bruv. Um, I appreciate (laughs) (laughs) The cringe comes in now. Well, that was a great sports update. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Yeah, it was. Uh, I'm cringing over here. Of course. Uh... It's a miracle that I am somehow not cringing. <laughs> yes. Um, personally, I love the show Ted Lasso. I don't know if you ever watched that show. I have watched the show, but I keep cowering out in the first three minutes because I am the world's worst movie watcher. It's not a movie. It's a show. It's a series. A film watcher. It's so good. It's so good. I love um, Ted Lasso. It's such a good show. It's about soccer. So it's about a football coach from America, like American football coach. Um, who moves to England and starts coaching a soccer team, a professional soccer team there. Or as, le- or, as the rest of the civ- or as the rest football, of the civilized world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Professional football team. So I personally love that show. And yeah, that's British and sports. That's what I thought of. So, <laughs> yes. And um, one of the characters in that show always says bruv. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'd say so. Anyway, uh, anyway, uh, moving on to something completely different. Oh, wait, wait. I want to talk about something really quickly. <laughs> oh, okay. So on November 9th, 889 The Bridge is having a mod pizza fundraiser. Oh, yeah. So I, I'm sure we'll be posting it on Instagram and all of our other social medias soon at KMH 889 The Bridge. And make sure to go follow those, first of all. Uh, and to get the code and poster there so that you can go and get some pizza and mod and support us yeah (laughs) anyway as i was saying before annabelle rudely interrupted me it's important it was important fair enough so sophie cartwright i'm interrupting you again sophie cartwright (laughs) is doing a weekly feature on travel destinations and this week she's taking us to new orleans or as some say norlands or (laughs) nolans Take it away. Are you planning your next vacation or deciding the next place you want to visit? Perfect timing, because I'm Sophie, bringing you the travel destination of the week. Halloween is over, but if you're still looking to get spooked sometime soon, you should consider visiting New Orleans. New Orleans currently holds the title as the most haunted city in the United States, famous for its practitioners and history of the mystical arts. You can find many opportunities for a scare in New Orleans, like touring 18th century mansions or even cemeteries, where a tour guide walks you through and tells you the stories and myths of the haunted city, which is rich in history. And while a lot of the history may spook you, you can learn a lot about the many historical events that occurred in this metropolitan city 
sitting with a population of about 400,000 people. And while being primarily known for its haunted hue, New Orleans is also very popular for its food, a lot of which being from Creole roots, with popular dishes like gumbo, crawfish, and beignets. Stay tuned for more travel locations and keep listening to 88.9 The Bridge. I don't know how she just made traveling so creepy. Like, I personally, I don't think I've ever been to New Orleans. What about you? Uh, yeah, same here, actually. <laughs> I've been to almost every single state in the United States, mainly by road, but I've never been to somewhere like New Orleans. No, I've only, I've never really spent much time um, in the South. I went to Florida, and I've been to Texas. The closest I've been I don't know. is Texas and South Carolina. Yeah, no, like... I went to Florida one time. I went to Disney World, of course, and uh, Universal. And that was very, very much fun. I was like 10 or something. I don't know. But yeah, I have not spent much time in the South or really on the East Coast at all. But you know who will be spending time all over the country? Taylor Swift. So personally, I'm a huge Taylor Swift fan, as a lot of people here on 88.9 The Bridge know. (laughs) She, this morning at like 5 a.m. our time, she announced a tour uh, right now it's just u.s but she's releasing international dates soon so make sure to look out for one closest to you but also like maybe no because then i can get tickets um (laughs) but anyways she also recently came out with a new album midnights and i do a weekly feature where i ask people questions so i decided to ask them what they thought about the new album so here's that hello i'm annabelle hegarty and this is a series where I go around and ask random people random questions. Taylor Swift recently released her 10th studio album, Midnights. I've seen some mixed reviews of the album and decided to see what my classmates think of it so far. Let's hear their opinions. Okay, I love all of them, first of all. Second of all, I'm really loving Mastermind and Lavender Haze right now. Lavender Haze. My favorite is Lavender Haze. I really enjoyed Snow on the Beach, but there wasn't enough Lana, Lana in there. I also, I did enjoy Bigger Than the Whole Sky. You know, I like Karma. I can't even lie, I really like Karma. That's, that's all. Karma. I've so far listened to the first three songs, and I gotta say my favorite is Antihero. Antihero. Um, controversial opinion, but question. The Vigilante song. <laughs> my favorite song from Midnight is the one that's about vigilantes. <laughs> My favorite and only one that I listened to in the album was Snow on the Beach, but I didn't really like it because Lana was barely Lana. there. Lana, Lana, whatever, was barely there. Um, no, I have not listened to Midnight's by Taylor Swift. I listened to a little bit, but I don't have enough energy to be listening to an album all day. Okay, so I thought all of them were kind of bad. Okay, but the one with the kids in it is okay. Lavender Haze that everyone has been talking about is not good. There's like, no people need to stop lying. Yeah, it's your like, yeah, 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 that one. Anyways, not a fan. Okay. Taylor Swift, non-hater, but just neutrality, you know? I, I don't want to get canceled on air. No, I, I can't be, I can't release an information. It's like, what's a good song that you like? None. Actually, wait, no, don't, don't air that, don't air that, don't. Personally, I love the album, and my favorite songs are Would've, Could've, Should've, Mastermind, and Karma. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in, and make sure to keep on listening to 88.9 The Bridge. Sorry to Sophie Cartwright, but, you know, gotta share those opinions, because they're wrong. Um, (laughs) But don't worry, I did get consent to air that in the end. Just thought it was funny to leave that part in. Yeah, I know, but... (laughs) Yeah, it it was admittedly funny, but... uh, 
you actually never interviewed me because I never listened to the album because yes. <laughs> I'm busy. Theodore, this morning we were talking about concerts because on Monday I'm going to Los Angeles to see Harry Styles and we were talking about Taylor Swift's tour and this came up and he says, I've never been to a concert because I'm too busy. And I just don't like, I mean, you know, you went to one classical music concert. Camina Barana, baby. Yes. I don't know how that's possible. I mean, you I know, haven't been to that many concerts, but you know, like, it's, uh, it's it was put on by the Pacific Northwest Ballet uh, with the with the Seattle Pacific Lutheran Choir and uh, their chamber orchestra. What about like theater, like musical theater or plays? Um, my dad actually has a subscription to uh, Everett's Village Theater, and and uh, before the pandemic, I saw a lot of plays over there. Okay, like so no worthy place at least. Like no worthy life of Howard Barnes. Uh. Uh, uh, Greece, I think. Uh, speaking of which, there's a production going on at the high school starting next November week, next week. Yeah, and uh, other stuff like uh, Guys and Dolls and Putnam County. Oh yeah, did you go to the one here? Uh, Last year we did the Putnam County Spelling Bee as our no. spring musical. No, <laughs> no, my mom was a theater major in college, and so she's big on taking us to all sorts of shows and everything. So I've been very well educated on musical theater. But Taylor Swift, once again, she just released a music video for this song, and that song is Bejeweled. Baby love, I think I've been a little too kind Didn't notice you walking all over my peace of mind And the shoes I gave you as a present Putting someone first only works when you're in their top five You know, I feel like it's a running <laughs> gag that whenever I, the engineering director, come on to the show, something always messes up. See, we were trying to get us back on track on our logs, and I think we accidentally hit something to turn off the beautiful Taylor Swift's voice. So I know. I just clicked I just clicked the empty voice tracks a lot and lo and behold, it just went away. Yeah, that's weird. Because it's a separate <laughs> screen too. Yeah. <laughs> but then again, but then again, uh Zeta, I love I love this software, but you've always been very funky to me. Yeah. Well, I guess <laughs> I was gonna ask Theo his opinion on the song, but we only heard a little bit of it. Yeah, but from so. but from the snippets I've heard uh, it's a fairly good Taylor Swift song. And it's, this album, she's going back to those pop roots. It's very <laughs> much, or that song at least, is very much like 1989, um, which is probably yeah. her most famous album still. Uh, debatable. I'd I mean, I feel like that was the one everyone knows at least one song from that album. Yeah. But. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what was the album before 1989? Um, before 1989, Red? Uh, yeah. Red and 1989 are her two most famous albums, so... Yeah, especially Red Taylor's version is... Yeah, Red Taylor's no. version is very good. Yeah. We love the Taylor's versions. We don't want to listen to those stolen versions. Stream Midnights. Um, and, yeah. And, uh, for, con- <laughs> for context for the non-Swifties around here, uh, basically... Lots of legal stuff happened, and as a result, Taylor doesn't own her, her own music anymore. Yeah, so there was this Up until guy, reputation. I'm not going to say his name, but if you know, you know. And he sold all of her music, and so now she doesn't own it, and so she decided to take it back for herself by re-recording her old albums, because, you know, she can do it once, she can do it again. 
Yeah. <laughs> if she's already did it once, let's... Well, she... If she's already did it once and she knows she can do it, she can do it again, this time better. However, yeah. some of... However, uh, some of her newer mixes don't sound as good as her older ones. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to replicate it exactly, especially because I think she is working with a lot of the same producers as her original yeah. albums, but it's still hard to get that same exact sound, especially, like, so many years later with her. I know soon people are suspecting that Speak Now, Taylor's version, will be the next re-recording um, based on the Bejeweled music video. <laughs> and... <laughs> So that one will be even more difficult, and if she re-records her first album, Taylor Swift, then that will be the hardest to recreate because it's the oldest, and she had a little country accent then. Anyways, world affairs, you know. Yeah, speaking of uh, speaking of Taylor not wanting to uh, recreate uh, some of these uh, songs, uh, basic. Uh, what was I going to say? Anyway, uh, speaking <laughs> of uh, Taylor Swift. Uh, Wait, this is just the whole show. Recording songs. <laughs> I know. Uh, this is what happens when you let me on the air. Yes. Uh, uh, she she cannot make it exactly the same. This is because yeah. people are going to suspect that she would just like drag, drop. Okay, we're done here. Save multi-track. Mix down. Mix down a new file. Save. Bada bing. Yeah. Bada boom. Bada bang. Like you can definitely tell in some of the songs that it is her older voice, more mature, and like different which is not a bad thing always like some of them i think sound better than the originals but some of them are just different which is fine but you know it's an interesting thing that i don't i don't know if anyone's ever done that before like re-recorded their whole albums like maybe songs like remastered versions but that's not even always a re-recording that's always yeah like i don't know yeah lots of people re-recorded remastered songs but i don't think i've heard anyone re-record and remaster an entire album yeah, it's a big undertaking, but something yeah, great. The closest I've heard of it was the Beatles 2009 mixes, and what they did was essentially uh, look for and identify every single sound source from those songs and then and then uh, take them all out and put them all back in into mono and stereo formats. However, the stereo formats are absolutely horrible. <laughs> oh my gosh. I heard... We were at the pumpkin walk on Sunday, and we were playing a song. I'm not sure. Oh, it was Space Oddity. Yeah. And it was like a weird version. And yeah, I, think I did it was like not a newer, like that. I think it was like a newer recording. And that was really weird because it sounded completely different than the normal song. And that's such a good song that I was like, "What are we playing? What are we, right now? What are we <laughs> like, even doing?" No. Yeah. And <laughs> sometimes. When it's this early in the morning, you cannot think of anything to say. But luckily, we have someone who loves to talk a lot coming up next. <laughs> if you know, you know Elise McDonald here with Club of the Week, Model UN this week. Take it away, Elise. Hello, I'm Elise McDonald here with Club of the Week, where each week we shine a new light on a club here at MIHS. For this week, I have Dahlia, the treasurer of Model UN, here to tell us a little more about it. Um, hi, my name is Dahlia Osman. I'm a sophomore and I'm the treasurer of Model UN. So what exactly is Model UN? It stands for Model United Nations and you you can join the club to go to these um, like almost like a mock meeting of the United Nations where you talk about real world problems and try and think of like solutions to fix them. That's so cool. Okay, so what's your favorite thing 
about model un probably like the the teamwork aspect of it um mm-hmm. everyone has to work together to think of solutions and everyone's gonna have to work together to fix problems but it's a it can be pretty fun sometimes so how can i join this club you can usually just walk into a club meeting and I think you have to go to at least two meetings to be a part of it. Most of the time, the meetings are in room 205 every two weeks on Monday. Awesome. Okay, thank you so much for coming on the feature. Okay, thank you for having me, Elise. Again, this is the Model UN Club, room 205 every other Monday. See you there, and thanks for listening to Club of the Week. Have you ever done anything with Model UN? Uh, I'd love to in the future, uh, but I have something like immediately after school on Monday, which is math tutoring, because I'm a year behind in math, which is fun! <laughs> That's okay. What, math is, I, pre-calculus is just, you know, really yeah. kicking me. <laughs> um, <but laughs> At least I don't have okay. to deal with that until college. Yeah, well, that might be worse, <laughs> honestly, but... No, I think Model UN is such an interesting thing because you get to basically, like, pretend you're a government for a country. And it might be – it's so interesting that you get to learn so much about, like, one country that you might know nothing about. Like, I mean, you could always get to be the United States or whatever, but it could be really interesting to be somewhere Yeah, like, I feel like I wouldn't want to be the U.S. because that would be something that I know a lot about already and I would want to learn about something else. Yeah, you should probably be, like – you should probably be like uh, Bhutan or Eswatini. Like a smaller country. It could be interesting to like see what, you know. I mean, obviously it's not a perfect simulation, but it's pretty cool. Yeah, obviously. We're not high school students. We're not. <laughs> they- <laughs> We're-, <laughs> We're not high school students? I just realized uh, Theo, what I just said. Theo, how old are you? Shut up. <laughs> I think Theo's been lying to us all. He's been staying here so he can run the board for us. He's not a high school student. I don't know how to act. I don't know what to say. Theo's mom texted him a couple minutes ago and said that she's a Taylor Swift fan, so shout out to Theo's mom. And, yeah, I promise I'm a high school student. I am not an imposter. Please do not worry. Spread spread it. Theo's not a high school student. and, And please don't kick me out of the school. Thank Kick you. Kick him out. No. <laughs> no. We need him. We need him here. Every time something goes wrong, Theo's not even in this class, and someone goes, We need Theo. Where's Theo? Like, I'll be in seventh period, and Theo has photography seventh, so he comes in sometimes, but something won't go wrong, and everyone's like, We need Theo. Why is he not in this class anymore? Theo, come back. Like, it's insane. And he's always, last year, we were in the same class first period, and he, he would. He would be running around every time someone went live, fixing everything, and that's why he's the engineering director, even if he turns off the music in the middle of the song. I know. I know. It's it's gonna it's going to be a running as I've said before, it's gonna be a running gag for every time I go on Breakfast on the Bridge, something will go wrong it's, and it will be my fault. The funny thing is that before we played the song, Theo was like, I should say that it's this song and play a different song because I did that before and that'd be funny and I was like you definitely did that on purpose. Like, that was definitely not an accident. And... It, was, it was a genuine accident. <laughs> really? Really was it? Yeah, it really was a genuine accident. I was like, coming up next, Suck Blind by Sadie Jensen. Plot, should I stay or should I go? Um, <laughs> actually, it was should I stay or should I go? Anyway. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, something that happened at the high school 
a month ago ish is that we got a new interim principal, I guess, Nick Wold, who's been an administrator associate principal. I don't know what his title was before. Uh, yeah, he's like an associate principal for like J through S, I think. Yeah, J- mm. I don't know, but um, <laughs> last year, Andrew, or I think Gabe. Yeah, did game. Principal Kelly's Corner every week. And so this year, Andrew Howison is doing Wold's World, which is really hard for me to say, so I said it slowly. So here is Andrew and Nick Wold. Hello, listeners. My name is Andrew Howison, the Director of Operations, and today I bring you a brand new show, Wold's World. In Wold's World, we discuss everything about Mercer Island High School, upcoming events, hot topics, and everything in between. Wold came from the Monroe District as the Dean of Students and Assistant Athletic Director back in 2017. He received his Bachelor's of Science from uh, Central Washington University, Master's of Science in Physical Education and Exercise Sports Science from University of Central Missouri, and now his Principal Certification from Western Washington University. He's now Acting Principal of Mercer Island High School. Welcome, Mr. Wold. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks for having me today. Of course. So I just want to start off with really um, how has your responsibilities changed from associate to acting principal? We know that you've been here for now um, a, a little bit of time. So what, what changes um, have happened recently? <laughs> well, uh, Andrew, um, first of all, I, I love being on with you in the morning here. Um, and I, I'm uh, excited to, to share a little bit of our story here at MI and maybe some of my background as well. Um, mm-hmm. I, I love it here at Mercer Island, so I'm, I'm thrilled to to have a, um, a weekly spot or, or semi-weekly spot with you to, to share some stuff. So it's going to be a wonderful time for you and I to, to spend together. Um, my my role has changed significantly um, you know, from being an associate principal and athletic director for the past uh, uh, six years um, to now being acting principal. Um, yeah, it's it, the, the new responsibilities. I think are, uh, I get a little bit more time with our our PTSA, our PAC uh, team, um, and just again overall um, uh, school governance. Um, you know, really, um, oftentimes our associate principals we stay in our lane of the different responsibilities that we have, and and uh, when you become acting principal, all the lanes become your lane. And so it's been uh, it's been wonderful in many ways, though that um, I get a chance to lead some of our time with our staff, um, really focus our, our time and energy around um, how we want to improve our school um, uh, for our, our fantastic students and staff um, in our community. So um, it's it's a repurposing of, of responsibilities. When you're, when you're down a person, um, it gave us an opportunity as a team to kind of prioritize of the things that we value most. And as we started to discuss those things as a team, really, um, we wanted to think about what really affects our students and um, what are ways for our, our staff to continue to to grow together? You know, we've been so separated over these years um, and and work more in silos. And some of it was based on on safety. You know, oftentimes during COVID, even when we started coming back into school, people came in to the school and did not congregate, didn't go to the, the faculty lounge. Our faculty lounge was closed. Mm-hmm. So you come in, you went into your classroom and you and you closed the door and you stayed safe. And so as we are breaking ourselves out of that cycle, it's been wonderful to to continue to work on culture and morale and um, saying hello and high five and fist bump and and chest bump and 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 be really excited to see students and staff just building uh, building a wonderful climate here um, at this fantastic school. I think that would be really stressful to just become the principal of a school kind of out of the blue. I mean, I'm sure 
that he knew for a while before we did, but still, like, that's... Yeah, that's kind of stressful. Uh, we had... Yeah, um, basically, uh, being thrust with so many uh, responsibilities, uh, like, on the last second, uh, is basically, is basically, like, extremely stressful. Like, I, I had the responsibility of being engineering director, uh, for this station, uh, I got announced uh, over the summer, and I started over September, but um, but going in, it was still pretty stressful. Yeah. I mean, I feel like engineering director, that's kind of more responsibility than some of the other positions that we have, because like I'm the program director, and while that is responsibility, making sure we get like everything that needs to be on, on, on the right time and all that stuff, it's not like, if I do something wrong, it's not going to make the whole station blow up so like (laughs) yeah i don't know but i think nick wald wald nick wald wald has done a pretty good job so far and what he was saying with coming back for our first full year since covid um with like no mass and anything kind of our first year all together and open again it's exciting and also a little bit scary at the same time so but i think he's done a great job so far i'd agree and and uh, we have another question of the week, this yes. time from a 7th period student, Alyssa Pangallo. Yes. And, and this time, uh, this question may be a bit seasonal. Seasonal? Yeah, it's about candy. Yeah, I guess so. Well, <laughs> here's question of the week, and I'll let you hear the question from Alyssa. Hi, my name is Alyssa, and I'm asking MIHS students what they think the best color of Skittles is. The best color has to be red. Yellow. Green, obviously. Red. Definitely red. Purple. Red for sure. Purple. I would have to go with green. Anything but orange. I like the purple one and the red one together. My favorite is the red. Green. All of them. You're tasting the rainbow. I prefer M&M's. Thanks for listening to MAHS Students. Again, my name is Alyssa, and to no surprise, my favorite color of Skittles is red. Now back to the music on 88.9 The Bridge. Theo had to go and be different. M&M's. No. Yes. I think... It's true. It's true. No. I like red or, like yellow and green together at the same time. Those are my two favorites. And I said red on there, but yeah. I like both. Uh, yeah, but if I had to choose uh, a color of Skittle, I'd do red. Red? Yeah. Red is, like, a classic. And I don't... I feel like the Skittles, their flavor isn't that different from one another. Like, they all go together. And yeah. they don't really taste like the fruit that they're supposed to be. <laughs> or the flavor, I guess, that they're supposed to be. But, you know, it's still interesting to hear everything speaking of hearing everything i would like to hear everything that's going on in the news this week with Alex <laughs> hello and i bet she'll incorporate some taylor swift into it too oh don't you worry annabelle it's my first thing i'm talking about <laughs> okay so starting off in the music world as annabelle and theo were talking about earlier taylor swift announced her new tour the heiress tour on good morning america today the singer will be touring around the U.S. starting in Glendale, Arizona on March 19th, 18th sorry, and finishing off the tour on August 5th in Los Angeles. 
The international tour dates will be announced too soon, and the U.S. tickets go on sale on November 18th on Ticketmaster. Sophia Luzel had very interesting news for us. Here's the STEM news from Sophia. Hi, I'm Sophia, and this is STEM news you can use. Astronauts are able to view Earth's biggest polluters from space. Over the summer, NASA installed gas viewing technology onto the International Space Station that was intended to help scientists understand how airborne dust plays into the greenhouse effect that impacts our climate. However, with this technology, known as EMIT, they were able to capture the signature of methane gas and identify over 50 locations that were super emitters, commonly in the fuel, waste, or agriculture sectors that emit high rates of methane. This data will allow researchers to better pinpoint where methane is coming from and to provide insight on how these pollution challenges can be addressed. Did you know that when tested on the iPhone 11, 12, 13, and 14 Pro models, the iOS 16.1 update has been shown to improve battery life by about an hour? Not only that, the update includes live activities and iCloud shared photo libraries. In other news, Google is able to alert Android users of earthquakes before they happen. Last week, a 5.1 magnitude earthquake hit San Francisco's Bay Area. More than 1 million people received an alert saying, you may feel shaking, hitting enough phones so the public was able to take notice. This is because of the data that Google receives from a network of 1,300 seismic monitors through the company Shockwave, which are able to detect earthquakes before they're felt by humans. These monitors are unable to predict earthquakes, meaning that the alerts sent to personal devices only give a short warning, sometimes only seconds, though they still provide people enough time to find safe cover in case of seismic activity. I'm Sophia, and this is STEM News You Can Use. Thanks for that info, Sophia. Today is Dia de los Muertos, or Day of the Dead, a day where All Saints Day and All Souls Day are celebrated. Both public and private places are filled with altars and offerings to commemorate loved ones with their fa- favorite things and de- decorations. Happy Dia de los Muertos. On to our final story. Miles, our news director, recently covered picket protests in the Seattle area. Let's hear more from Miles. The radio industry can be a harsh industry. Aspiring audio journalists go out of their way to attain expensive four-year degrees, but are all too often greeted with low salaries that don't meet their needs. It's a thankless job, but at the same time, one of great importance to our society. In Seattle, journalists working for KUOW, the local NPR radio branch run by the University of Washington, held a picket to highlight the need for higher pay. The picket was organized by a media union called SAG-AFTRA, which much of the KUOW staff is part of. I spoke with Kelsey Kupferer, a worker at KUOW who's part of the SAG-AFTRA union, to discuss the picket and why it's important that people in radio here and elsewhere be given livable wages. KUOW staff members who are part of that SAG-AFTRA union picketed outside of KUOW during our lunch hour on Monday. Um, And this was to amplify our union's call for higher wages. You'll often hear 
journalists, especially public radio journalists, say things like, I didn't get into this for the money. And when journalists say that, what I think they mean is journalists often enter this field because it's a calling. You could have an easier job and probably make more money in a lot of other fields. Journalists go into this field because they love it so much, because they want to directly serve the public. KUOW reporters were some of the first people on the ground reporting on the pandemic when it very first started in February and March 2020. Just like people in some of these other public service roles that I've mentioned, like nurses, like teachers, journalists have an obligation to be there every day. And we do, you know, KUOW journalists bring people the news on 94.9 FM every single day. What many KUOW journalists are saying is we live in the Seattle area, we cover the Seattle area, and we should be able to live here comfortably. Union members at KUOW have stated that because of low wages and Seattle's high cost of living, most workers qualify for low-income housing. And under the most recent salary proposals, half of workers still would. I'm thinking of specific people at KUOW who say, I would not be able to afford to do this job if I didn't have a partner who also had a job and not only like a job, but a high paying job. Or maybe I could afford to live, but I couldn't afford to have a kid or live in a house. I asked Kelsey what the ideal outcome of the negotiations with KUOW would be. And my hope is that negotiations are successful, meaning that we are able to get to a place where KUOW journalists see the type of raises that allow them to live comfortably in the geographic area that they cover and that station leadership feels our budget is well stewarded, that our budget is is well utilized. We all might need to make some concessions, but I have hope that we can move forward in a way where we come out of it with everybody feeling positive. Thank you to Kelsey Kupferer for sharing this with us. I'm Miles Avalez reporting for Breakfast on the Bridge. Thank you so much for that educational news story, Miles. That's all for news today, so I will hand it back to you guys, Annabelle and Theo. Thank you so much, Ellie, and to Sophia and Miles as well. Miles always does such an amazing job at covering these news stories, getting interviews, getting audio. That's what our news director is known for here. <laughs> we love it. So thank you to all of the news people, except for the one who was supposed to do the news, Sophie Prock. We don't know what happened to her, but <laughs> I mean. Uh, yeah, I, just, think, <laughs> I think she just vanished into thin air. Maybe. But, you know, Sophie's always reliable, so we won't hold it against her this week. And luckily we had Ellie to fill in for her. But that's why we had sports first this week when usually we have news at 15 and at Sports at 45, yeah. yeah. So it was a switch, but, you know, that's okay. Ellie did a great job, and I'm sure Sophie will make it up to us <laughs> somehow. Yeah, I'm, sh- I'm sure she'll... Yeah, I'm sure she'll... Uh... What was I going to say? I just I blanked Theo out. I think woke up too early, you guys. I think all of us are up too early uh. <laughs> on these days. Uh, I woke up personally at 4.45 a.m. <laughs> I woke up at 6.10. 6.10? Got here no. at 6.30. It's, I mean, I got out of bed at like 5. 
because I need a lot of time in the morning. And well, I did get here at like 6 a.m. So because I wanted to be here with Ellie this morning and, mm. you know, figure out. And I was also awake for Taylor Swift. Anything for Taylor Swift. Fair. Know, I don't fair. need sleep. That's fine. I don't have any tests today. So uh, one time I hosted yeah. this Breakfast on the Bridge and then I had a huge presentation in history. And I was, like, asleep for half. I was like, oh, uh, and this is World War II. <laughs> like, I, it was not. And that was, like, I think my first time hosting too, and so I was not used to that. Anything for radio. Yeah, it's a difficult in the morning. But, I mean, we do get here. At, like, this week it'll be three times a week, 7 a.m. or earlier. So yeah, that's really fun for us. Yeah, it's, really yeah it's, like, extremely fun. Monday, Tuesday, Friday, every, every time, 7 a.m., or much, much earlier. Yes. But, you know, it's okay. We do it for Joe Bryant. We do it for radio. We do it for you. And, <laughs> you know. And we do it to make our station better. Yes, of course. We hope you enjoyed your helping of Breakfast on the Bridge. Brought to you by our KMIH staff and dedicated to the stories, lives, and people of the Mercer Island community. We hope your dinner was as good as your Breakfast on the Bridge. And thank you for listening.